everyone. Welcome to another edition of Cubs on Tap. I'm Cody. Follow me on Twitter at Cody on Tap. And I'm joined by my good friend Joe Maris. Follow him on Twitter at Joe on Tap. Joe, uh, I don't know if you could tell um, there um, whatever the toy, like the 30 second countdown ended. It felt weird because we just haven't done one of these in forever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, how do we do this? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I figured it out. I figured it out. Um, so we are live on Twitter, Facebook, and our YouTube page. Um, as far as I know, you still can't leave comments on, on Twitter, but, uh, you can go follow on tap sports net on, uh, uh, what do you call it? YouTube and, uh, Facebook, and you can leave comments there. So, um, we got a fun show tonight, Joe. Um, like I'm, I'm really excited about this, uh, because, <laughs> Not only do we get to like kind of talk about postseason baseball and whatnot, but we also get to talk about or talk with uh, one of the best minor league pitchers in low A baseball this year. Yeah, I mean, like you said, first off, this this feels a little weird. It's been a while. <laughs> um, there, you know, yeah, there's not you know so much Cubs to, to talk about at least relatively uh, recently. But you know, there's the new GM hire, but it's just good to talk baseball again. Yeah, man. Uh, it's uh, like you said, it's, it's good to talk baseball. And I I mean, I won't lie to you. I've been kind of, I wouldn't say I've been watching every single inning, every single pitch of any postseason game. Um, I feel like that's pretty, I, I would say that that is pretty normal for most Cubs fans at this point. Um, except for ones who are probably still just out there watching for former Cubs players. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been kind of, I've been kind of tuned out just cause I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready for this season to just be long gone and be, just be done. I'm like, I'm ready for the off season. I'm ready for them to get the CBA figured out and then we can, you know, do what we do because I'd like to know if we're going to have, or if our team's going to be good next year, yeah, cause I'm tired of talking about what we could do and blah, 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 this and blah, 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 that when, you know, I don't know. It just seems like to me, it seems like I, I I'm just ready for next season already, but I'm ready for the season to be over at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely like th this off season feels, or it's not even the off season yet. Like you said, it just feels weird watching baseball when there's no other Cubs games on. You know, I I got into a rhythm of switching from Cubs games to Sox games, Cubs games to Sox games. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, all right, there's one game on, maybe two like there is in this brief moment right now. But it, it feels – it's strange, and this is the first time we've really had to deal with uh, the no postseason in a while. I know, you know, the what 2019 when they lost to the Rockies. No, 28, that was 2018. and 2019, they didn't make it. So, you know, we've, it, it's not like it's an unfamiliar territory, but it, it is a different feel than it was those years. So, yeah, it, it, it's different, especially w with, you know, watching Schwarber hit a grand slam last night. Rizzo Bryant were in the playoffs. Jack Peterson's going off a little bit. It's like, it, not that it's a bad thing. It's cool watching those guys, but it, it's just a whole totally different feel than it was the last couple of years. For sure, for sure. Our, our good friend Scott from Iowa, a.k.a. Scott Crawford, Crawford he comes in on YouTube. He says, former Cubs players are on fire. And, uh, yeah, uh, Kyle Schwarber, uh, the legend of Kyle Schwarber continues in the postseason, man. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm like, I think letting go of Schwarber is starting to hurt a little bit more than any move that we made at the, at the deadline, man. And maybe that's more hindsight because, you know, he's just had a great year overall. But at the same time, for me at least, it hurts a little bit more because I was someone who always believed that he could be an elite player or or someone that, you know, someone that could be part of, like, the Cubs for a really long time. And, I mean, five, six years, however long it was, was solid. But, you know, I don't know what, what happened in 2020. And I know that he was inconsistent and everything in the years prior to that but always solid, I guess. But whatever Kevin Long did with him with the Nationals 
or, you know, going into the season with the Nationals. It's really just kept going ever since he went to the Red Sox. And he's just he's just a complete different player, in my opinion, man. He, he doesn't look anything like what he looked like when he was with the Cubs. Uh, and know, he's at first of, base, too. Yeah, and he's at first base, yeah. I think that's something that no one wants to talk about is the fact that he's out there actually playing defense, too. It's not even like he's playing DH for the Red Sox. He's out there actually playing defense. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Obviously, I, I wish him nothing but the best. It just kind of sucks that he's doing it for another team. Right. I mean, as far as the Schwarber things, I, I wasn't super upset when it happened. And I'm not super upset about it now. This is not something – like, uh, this is all that we had hoped for him. And, obviously, we had hoped it was in a Cubs uniform. But at a certain point, it's just like – drafting a quarterback in the first round you're, at some point it gets to a deadline where you have to be like, well, do we see it or do we not see it? And not that we mm -hmm. didn't see it. It was just time to move on. And yeah, it, by, it, it came the back to bite them in the ass a little bit, but it is what it is. I mean, this, this is not a unique situation to the Cubs. Yeah. But, but then the nice thing to see is that, you know, Cubs fans, at least on Twitter, are happy for Schwarber, as it should be, just like they have been for all the other former Cubs. For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, it's – I guess the one thing that's kind of annoyed me about Cubs Twitter and Kyle Schwarber is people just keep going back to Tom Ricketts, basically forcing Jed to non-tender him or whatever. And part of that could potentially be true or is true. I don't, I don't, well, I don't think we'll ever really know. And I get why it's easy for people just to assume that it was because of money. But I don't know, man. Like I was saying, you know, he was when he came back in 17 after the ACL, he was not very good. He hit 30 home runs, but he hit like 200 the entire season, struck out a lot. You know, 2018, he when going into the year, he lost all the weight, got better playing left field, um, had a, you know, was able to put together a, a solid a solid year it was a solid year um but and then in 19 he you know he got really hot in the second half and we thought going into 2020 Schwarber was going to be that you know because he took so much momentum from 19 going into 2020 obviously the pandemic and all that it was only 60 games how much can you really credit that blah 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 we've talked about it at ends but from a front office standpoint, to me, it's kind of like you give this guy so many chances. When do you finally say, when do you finally cut the cord on it? And mm -hmm. I kind of said that today on Twitter. I, I quote tweeted a minor league guy's name's uh, Caleb Webb. Shout out to him. Uh, he's been in our streams before. And he said that he didn't think that non-tendering Shorber had any really anything to do with money fully. Um, Something like that. I can't remember exactly what he tweeted, but I just quote tweeted back and was just like, I tend to think that, you know, performance at the end of the day kind of is the reason why the, the Cubs non-tendered him. But then someone replied to me, said, you know, then why have we held on to Ian Hat for so long? And to me, that's kind of like a tough, like a, a different scenario. One, because Ian Hat's a little bit more versatile. Mm -hmm. You can play corner outfield and center field and if you're absolutely new to two you can play second base um i do think his you know as a as a, he, he he might have walked a little bit more than shorebride i don't know about that for sure obviously shorebride has a power but there were when when ian Happ's going well you you can see why this guy was taking the first round and i feel like you can say the same thing about shorebride but also ian Happ, i just don't feel like he's had as much time as shorebride has been given I mean, he didn't come up with the Cubs until 17 anyway. Um, you know, spent almost all of 19 in the minor leagues. Essentially, he's only really been given two full seasons to pull, to prove that he can play every day. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. It, I, it's a tough situation. What are your I, thoughts on that? I think the difference between the two situations, they are definitely similar. But I think you look at Schwarber with, uh, what do they call it, rose-covered glasses – because of 2016, you know, he came back off the ACL, could really only run in a straight line. And the dude hadn't seen live pitching, and he came out and performed in the World Series. So right. that's always in the back of your head. So he's always starting off at a good point. And mm -hmm. not that 
Ian Happ did anything to not deserve that. He just wasn't on the team in 2016. It's mm. like Scott from higher just in the in the uh, comments. It feels like Ian Happ has been in Chicago for five years. And at this point, I mean, this year would have been year four. So you're not far off. Mm. I think it's easier to put his name next to failure than it is to success. Whereas Schwarber, you think of 2016 immediately. You think of the homer out of the Budweiser sign onto the scoreboard. And Ian Happ doesn't have maybe those signature moments. Mm. But at the same time, they do have a lot of the same failures. They both were tried at the leadoff spot. They both, I don't want to say failed. It, it did not go well. Mm. Because, you know, it, that's not that's totally different than putting someone in a from center field to left field or something like that. That's just a whole new world in, in another sense. And that's not really tangible. It's not something you can really, you know, Compare. work on. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it's tough, right? Like I could, and those two guys, you can say that about two other players that are on the Cubs or that were on the Cubs and aren't anymore, mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. I mean, it is what it is at this point. And that's, and this kind of comes back to why I'm just like ready to see what the Cubs are going to do this off season and prove and do exactly what the front office has been saying, you know, what Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer have said, uh, and you know, what Tom Ricketts continues to say that we're going to put a winning product out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It did. It, it, it just kind of every, everyone on Cubs Twitter. It's like everyone, is happy to see these guys playing well. And like I am too, but then they always just got to find a way to just like be a Debbie downer. And I get mm -hmm. it. The Cubs aren't in it, blah, blah, blah. I totally get it in a sense, but it's almost like, it's like, a, it's the same people every single fucking day. It's like fucking log off and like, just, just chill for mm -hmm. a day or two on it because bitching about it every single day, it just gets super annoying. Like no, like it gets to a point it, for me, at least it's gotten to the point where I've started to just like, stop like like stop replying to people because i like i i'm just i'm just annoyed with it like mm -hmm. again i'm i'm right up there with everyone about being pissed off at tom ricketts but at the same time it's like we got to move forward eventually the players have moved forward kind of because they're forced to but still right. like you know what i mean like we're at a point where we have to like move on and look to the future and that's kind of like what this podcast is today, obviously, with uh, DJ Hertz joining us here in a little bit. But, you know, I don't know. That's just my my two cents. You got, mm -hmm. you got anything else on right. the postseason? Well, I'm going to just kind of go off of what you were saying here. I'm, in my own mind, I'm at a little bit of an impasse because I'm right there with you at being mad at Ricketts. Mm. But at the same time, they're – He's still somewhat a new owner. You know, he, he has up been the Cubs owner for that long. And he gave out some big contracts and they did not work out. And we hear about it constantly. We still hear about Hayward constantly. Even oh. Darvish, for, to some extent, didn't really work out. So he got a little scared. And I think now we got a clean slate for the most part. And we have to yeah. give him and the rest of the front office a new sh another shot at trying to work this out. But at the same time, looking at more specifically this offseason, it might not – the strategy might not align to make a big splash this offseason. Mm -hmm. So I'm at an impasse being like, you got to give these guys another shot. But that uh, that next shot might not be until next offseason. And do I even have my – like, do I myself have the patience for that? I have no idea. We'll see. <laughs> Like and just I, as a I will be I will be honest with you. I do not have the patience because of how like how far high the bar is set. Mm -hmm. Like the Carter Hawkins, Jed Hoyer, they both have said it in press conferences, you know, the that the last core of guys, they set the bar for like what to expect from this franchise basically for the rest of our lives. Because if the Cubs go another hundred years without World Series, at least for the next or for you know 60 years after it probably more than that but you know what i mean like at the tail end of it we won't we won't be here to see mm -hmm. but i hope and pray to god it's not another 100 years you know what i mean I'm, i hope to see another one but like they they said it you know they said you know the the bar is set high we have to 
put a winning product out there, blah, blah, blah. That said, though, I'm with you in a sense, like, we got to you got to be smart. Like, I don't want the Cubs to go out there and give a hundred plus million dollar contracts to four different guys. I don't think that's the right move, especially with the young talent coming up in a year or two. You know, Brennan Davis probably going to come up next year as well as your number one prospect, top 20 prospect all in baseball. Um, you know, all these little things. I do think moves like, you know, no one remembered when it happened, but people were happy that the Cubs got Matt Duffy. Like, I'm not saying we need to not spend any money mm -hmm. and go get guys like Matt Duffy, but Matt Duffy was a nice player. You can find players maybe a little bit heightened, a little bit maybe, you know, a couple more million dollars than what Matt Duffy was, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just some solid major league players that have just kind of moved around. I don't have any on my mind. I did tweet the other day that I'd really love the Cubs to go get someone like Chris Taylor, um, versatile guy, outfielder. He's played a little infield too. Like, kind of gives me like Ben Zobris type vibes. You know, like that's just one guy off the top of my head that I can think of that I'm like, this guy, you know, he'd fit well with what the Cubs are trying to do. Uh, so I don't know. Like, is, is there a player in your mind that kind of sticks out to you? Uh, in a different vein, yes. I, I've gotten I, – I've, in my own mind, have talked myself into just wanting Carlos Correa more than anything in the entire world. Um, <laughs> does it make sense? Probably not. But, I don't. I don't even think that that doesn't make sense. I was just thinking of guys who weren't going to cost a ton of money. That's right. Like, Carlos that's Correa I know would be thing. a. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not against it. I am interested to see what people will think of the franchise if they sign a guy like that who was mm -hmm. part of the cheating scandal and all that. Um, outside of the trolls and the the haters of this franchise, but you know, I, I am interested in like if that cheating scandal will have any effect on his free agency, because it's still something that lingers. People still talk about. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. But that said, though, he's a great player. He's yes. a great player. Uh, and just going back to your point earlier about, I don't even know what it was about what, but just the the thing that comes into mind is the Giants. The Giants have held on to Puster Posey, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford. Um, I, I, other names don't really jump to mind. I think those are really their three main guys that they've had for for a while. And what was their upside ever since they've kind of started to decline? It was this year. And although they had a great season and they deserve a lot of praise with the way they did it, but they lost in the NLDS, you know, like is if the Cubs didn't make, go out and make these moves, it, that's like the blueprint. You hope that these guys can put together one season all at the same time and, and well, compete. And th this kind of goes to the CBA thing. Like the post MLB postseason needs reformatted. Like the Dodgers yeah. and Giants should have been playing in the NLCS. It right. should not be Braves and, and Dodgers. Unless the Braves would have, you know, beat the Giants or, or I mean, they look like they're going to beat the Dodgers this series right now, right? Right. So, I mean, I, I just think that getting that series in a, or getting that matchup in a five game series is, is, was not good for baseball. I mean, it was fun to watch. That game five was, was tense as hell. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wish I, I was begging for a couple more games of that series, Definitely. man. Like that, 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 I felt bad for Giants because it's like you win 106, 107 games and you only get a five game series. Like, I, I and that's more so like if you're going to keep it the way it is, then you got to make the NLDS a seven game series. In my opinion. Right. And I think that's probably the move before anything else is that even before reseeding or like they, they kind of do the reseeding after the wild card game. I think you're going to see the NLDS or the division series go to seven games. That makes the most sense just as far as money-wise. That's two more potential games. So that's probably where it's easy. The one thing I'm super shocked about now that the Giants season is over is their comments about like resigning Chris Bryant. They're like, yeah, you know, we're going to try. It's mm -hmm. like for me before those comments, it kind of seemed like a shoe in like, Chris Bryant is a giant, and mm -hmm. I think that's a great fit for him. But uh, you know, I don't know if it was the GM or just somebody from the front office saying, like, yeah, he's going to have a lot of suitors. We're just going to see how it goes. You're like, you're not sure to go out there, but, like, we are going to aggressively try to resign Chris Bryant. Like, what's, what, what, what's going on with people and Chris Bryant? I mean, I looked at his second-half numbers a couple weeks ago. I mean, 
they were good. Like, and this is not slander to Chris Bryant at all. Everyone knows I love Chris Bryant. But I think the Giants were expecting a little bit more from him. But also, he he had a good postseason. Yeah, he did. He had a couple, he had a good game five. Like, you know, I I I, I that's just kind of how I feel. Like, I feel like there's um you know, there's the there's just like a stigma on Chris Bryant right. from the around dude, the league. The dude just has a great track record, and I just don't get it. You know, he may, yeah. he might not ever – he's likely not going to win the MVP ever again. Probably you know, that's not. obviously Unless the top. up another seven-war season, you know. But, like, he's had multiple seasons where you're like – like where he's kind of compared to that MVP season. Like, it's not like it was a one-off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who yeah. knows? people and Chris Bryant just don't get along for some reason. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Scott from Iowa says, I really want Mad Max. I mean, that'd be – like, considering the the area where the Cubs are right now, like, maybe a one- or two-year deal for a guy like that, I could totally get. Um, and I'm sure that's all he's looking for. The Cubs need pitching, and it's not a long-term deal because, again, the guy's older. I mean, I ain't against it. Right. I, I think if you're going to sign a guy like Max Scherzer, you have to have have it in your mind that – there's a high chance you end up trading him. Yeah. You know, like just because it, it makes sense to just be like, man, man you're a guy, because especially for a two year deal, you're more likely better off just trying to flip that. But who knows? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Joe, uh, we didn't really get to talk about Carter uh, Hawkins, really. Um, and there was a few other things, but we just started venturing off and everything. But that's okay because, uh, you know, the main show tonight is uh, Cubs minor league pitcher DJ, DJ Hertz, who has now joined us um, live here on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, DJ, how's it going, man? What's up? Thank you for having me again. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, I mean, I've been reaching out to some some Cubs minor leaguers and and, and been uh, completely ghosted. So I was glad to to get a, get a, get a, to not get left. No, on yeah, you, man. for sure. I wouldn't miss it. Man. Which we don't we, we definitely don't blame anybody for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're trying to get better. We'll, we'll take anything. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess how's uh, how's the offseason so far? It just started. Obviously, we're in October, but um, uh. how? It's pretty good. Uh, well, I that was like the longest season that I've ever had in baseball. <laughs> My seasons have usually been like two, two, three, four months, and then yeah. go play summer. But that was like a full like six, seven months of just going at baseball, and uh, it feels good to have a lot of time off. And uh, I've been using these two weeks because I was in instructs for a little bit. Um, but it, these two weeks, it felt amazing just to relax, just lay in bed, play video games. <laughs> And then uh, I think I'm about to start getting back after it uh, in a couple of days from now, just getting the body back in shape. Yeah. What video games have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Rocket League, uh, Madden, uh, Call of Duty, Warzone, and MLB The Show. Just everything. Have you had a chance to play as yourself yet? Uh, No, I haven't. Not yet. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm road to the show, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your team on Madden? Matt, the Panthers. Yeah. Panthers. Are you a Carolina fan? or? Is oh, yeah. My parents have had uh, season tickets since I was like one years old, and I was always going my dad's back. So I've been going to Panthers games for a while. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's a fun fact for people if they don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I'm actually kind of jealous. I am unfortunately a Bears fan, and all we know is pain. So, um, you know. Well, we started out good, and now we're, now we're sucking. <laughs> yeah. I won't lie. I bet on them last week and didn't go too hot yeah. for me. <laughs> Sorry to let you down. Yeah, hopefully I, I like them on a bounce back eventually. They gotta they gotta come in come got, for me eventually, right? No, well the two big defenders got hurt. J.C. Horn and uh, one other guy. I, I can't think of his name, but those were two key guys that that got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned you know this is like the longest season you've ever had 80 81 and two thirds innings man uh what it when when you look at the stats i guess <laughs> and you see that you pitched 81 and two thirds innings for a season did 
did most of it feel like a blur or was there a lot of them that stuck out to you that made it feel like there were that many innings or you're just kind of like, holy shit, that's a lot of freaking innings. I was just like, well, I, I, when I hit 60, I was like, all right, this is, this is where I've hit most of my innings. And then after that, I was like, all right, let's keep going and see how far we can get. Um, but I think my, I, I hit my like, innings max limit and, uh, and stuff, but, uh, there was there was a lot of memorable games, but there was like one point in the season where my arm got tired, but the Cubs were perfect. Like with like I didn't have to say nothing, and they gave me that like ten day rest. I think I was the first one to do it in our rotation, and uh, everybody eventually got to do it. But after that, it was I, my arm just got better throughout the season. So uh, we just had that one block it or one like one um, setback, and then we were good to go. Yeah. Right. So like like you said, <clears throat> this is. This this was really your first full season as a professional. You had a you know, a little bit in the Arizona Fall League last year, but I mean, I don't know how familiar people are with, it, but you jumped straight from high school to professional baseball, right? Oh yeah, right. So I mean, that I I couldn't even imagine, you know, what that jump is. I mean, you're going from seven inning seven inning games to nine inning games, and oh, yeah. I mean, not even that. Just you know, the, the type of talent. So what kind of is that transition like? Man, the games were so so long, going from seven <laughs> inning, and then I used to play like I used to play in the infield, or I used to play first base, so I used to play all of it. So it was like it, I would stay engaged with the game. But now that I'm just like a, a pitcher, it's like, dang, these games are long, and it's six games a week, hundred. Well, I I think we played 120 games, right? And it was just like it was a long season. But uh, what was the second part of your question again? So what's the adjustment like going from high school to professionals? Oh, the biggest thing I learned was walks. Um, that's that's my biggest thing. I'm I'm trying to get better at right now, but walks kill you, and they they do a lot of damage. And just being able to cut them out leads you to like a whole lot more success. And uh, these guys are big. All they got to do is just make contact on the right like sweet spot of the bat, and the ball go and. They don't miss a lot or they don't miss a lot, but um, just adjusting, it was it was just one more strikes and being able to put the off speeds in for strikes. That, that was probably the biggest thing I learned. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you talk about walks, but 131 strikeouts ain't bad, though. Like, you got to be pretty <laughs> proud of that. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that was a really cool, cool, cool thing of the season. Uh, one thing that, that was awesome. One thing from the minor league standpoint that's really stood out to me like throughout this entire baseball season was that there were so many that stuck out in the Cubs system that I had just never heard of. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I didn't really know who you were before, like, I guess, July. And uh -huh. I mean, it has nothing to do with, you know, you or anything like that. It's more of just the fact that for the last seven years, seven or eight years, I haven't really had a reason to check out the the Cubs minor league system. You know no, what I mean? Sure. So for me, what impressed me the most about your season when I went back and looked at it at the end after really getting after diving into like what you did this year was that you pitched like 10 innings in 2019 after the Cubs drafted you and then didn't pitch at all in 2020 because of the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. And then to come into Myrtle Beach and then end up in South Bend at the end of the year and put up the kind of numbers you did. I, what did you do in, during the pandemic? I, I guess the the twenty twenty, you know, off year or whatever to that you thought really helped you go into the season. I feel like I tell people, but I feel like the biggest thing that that I needed was to mature my body a little bit, uh, strengthen my body, grow into my like mature body. Mm. And with COVID, it, this was like a blessing in disguise because it let me just straight train, grow mass, get stronger strength. And, uh, and I, the Cubs had a great workout plan for me. And I feel like that helped me a lot. And, oh, and I don't know how many people were doing this, but I was doing my shoulder program even after all my lifting sessions and everything. So just knowing that like, this was going to be a weird season coming up that a lot, it was going to be a lot of risk of injury. I was like, I need to be on my stuff like now so that like my arms already ready to go for the season. And I feel like that contributed a lot to uh, my arm being in great shape throughout the season. And uh, 
finishing the season strong and my velo even jumped later in later in the year uh with like the last six or seven starts throughout the whole season so but i just feel like that when i was training my body and growing my body it, it just took all off the stuff because i knew i had it it's just mm-hmm. i had to be patient and give it time and i'm glad i got that time with with covid because especially with this if, if we were going to have that 2020 season i would have had to do like maintain strength instead of growing strength. And I got to grow strength uh, with that 2020 season missed. Oh, that's uh, I mean, that's that I guess all of us can say that we had all kinds of time to work out last year. That's for sure. Uh, it was just a matter some of, of us did. Some of us did. Yeah. So, um, Joe, do you got a follow up to that or? I don't want to like take anything away from you. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, is there, who's the, you know, when you, when you pitch, there's uh, certain pitchers that kind of remind me of you. And I think Chris Sale is like the biggest comparison that I've seen. Is oh, yeah, there, is, is, the most. Yeah. Yeah. And so is, is that before anyone had ever said anything to you about that? Like, was that someone that you kind of looked at, or is there a picture that you kind of looked up to, that, uh, someone else that kind of you kind of looked up to, uh, come like as you're growing up? The pitcher I always like kind of mirrored off was Clayton Kershaw. He was always my favorite pitcher. Uh, he was just a beast, and I loved playing with him in the show. And uh, <laughs> he, he was he was my favorite player growing, or actually my favorite player growing up was David Ortiz. But as a pitcher, it was uh, Clayton Kershaw, and and yeah, I. I thought Clayton Kershaw was a beast on and off the field, so he was he was my favorite. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, it's kind of it's kind of tough because I always got the Cubs fandom, so I'm always you know as far as favorite Cubs pitchers uh, when I was growing up, it was either like Mark Pryor, or Kerry Wood, or Carlos Zambrano. Those were like my three. Mm. Um, is there a particular Cubs pitcher that kind of you know since you've been drafted? I know it's only been a couple years, but you know, once you got drafted by the Cubs, did you go back through the history books and or history tape and just kind of was there one that you were kind of like, oh yeah, I remember him, or or was yeah. there one that sticks out to you from the past? If I had to say one, it would probably be Kerry Wood, probably. Yeah, he's in all his strikeouts too. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still I'll think that twenty play. strikeout game is like the greatest pitch game ever. I, there's a little bias in there, but I do, I, I really do think that. Yeah, that's that's insane. I don't know. I don't know how he did it, but congrats <laughs> <to> him. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, what what you know? You kind of mentioned video games and stuff like that. What else do you like to do outside of baseball? Uh, I actually like to golf. I that's what I also started in COVID uh, at the very wow. beginning of COVID. So I've been playing for like a year and a half now. But I have like this uh, golf course like that's on Fort Bragg, so it's like right beside a military base. And I can go walk it for like ten dollars, and I'll go play nine holes like in the morning or something. And uh, yeah, I, I I like golf a lot. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about it messing up your swing. No, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> who's your Who's your favorite golfer? But I probably have to say Tiger Woods. But I don't, I don't really know. Everyone says that. I mean, I watch a little bit, but I don't watch too much to go golf unless it's like the big Masters or something like that. Same. I'm actually the same. So mm-hmm. it's like, I totally get it. So, um, Joe, you're being quiet, man. You got a whole list of questions I told you to ask. <laughs> and you're going to ask one already. So, the one of the things, just kind of looking back at your season, was you got to pitch back in North Carolina in August and you had your season high 10 strikeouts. And assuming you had a lot more friends and family in the crowd than in other games, what, what was that like? That, that was one of the most, I think that was. That one in the no hitter tie for like the most memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one in favor was was it was awesome. Uh, I just remember going uh, warming up before the game, and they had the bullpen in the in left field, so people could come up and watch. And I just it was like all packed up all the way around, and I had high school coaches, friends, family just watching it, and then going on the mound and seeing everybody and uh the woodpeckers was the woodpeckers were awesome uh they made a big post saying come watch dj and then right before i took it to the mound they said welcome home dj and stuff but it was it was it was really cool it was um 
they said it was also like the biggest fans they've had. I think it was like the second or third most biggest fans they've had at the at the field yet. And uh, it was it was just awesome. And coming out after the game, uh, I got like a standing ovation walking t- to go do my shoulder work after like I think mm-hmm. before. And it it, it was just it, it was an experience I'm not gonna forget. So it was it was really cool. I look forward to those types of experiences when you get to Wrigley, man, because you'll get a crowd that like quadruple the size of that. Oh yeah, I've heard Wrigley's insane. Plus, yeah, plus all your friends and family. I've I've never been to a game. Uh, I got invited to a a show, not a showcase, but a pre-draft workout before I got drafted, and uh, they put us in pinstripe uniforms and they took they toured us around the field. Uh, a lot of people got to throw bullpens or live BPs on the field, but I, I threw the day before. So I just went up for the trip and uh, I got the shag BP, but it was really cool. I got to meet like the presidents and stuff, but yeah, it was awesome. Uh, cool. That's a, it's a beautiful place. I live about, um, I would say two, two and a, two and a half miles away from Wrigley field. And uh, when I managed to get really, when I managed to get really motivated to go on a very long run, I love just running past Wrigley. For some reason, it I'll just bet. makes me even more uh, excited to run, I guess, in a way, uh, as I turn around and come back. But uh, it's just there's nothing like whenever you when you approach Wrigley Field and then when you're inside it as well. Oh, Wrigley's awesome. Just the neighborhood. I, I thought that was pretty, the coolest thing that I've ever seen is there was a whole stadium inside a neighborhood. That was that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's like nothing else, man. I've been to eight different state uh, baseball ballparks. None of them are, are like Wrigley Field. I don't think any of the other ones are either. It's a it's a very unique place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I, I've never even watched a, an MLB game in person. So really, I need to see one. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you you got you are a drafted baseball player, and you've never been to a live game. I mean, I guess I've been super busy going growing up. I, I played football and basketball too, so I was busy all throughout the year. I, I just never had no time to go to a, a game. So maybe the first game, first, first MLB game you go yeah. to when you're pitching in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude, might be it. That might be it. Oh my so, God. so going back to you mentioned the Pelicans no hitter. Uh, you you started that game. Uh, watch going back and watching video of that. Game, it kind of looks like how the Cubs combined no hitter was, where not everybody really knew what was going on. Maybe like definitely the guys on the field, and maybe you, since you had pitched the first five or six innings. So did did everybody really did everybody know that it was a no hitter? I I knew what was going on. Well, actually, I knew I I had no hits when I came out, and then I knew I had a chance to also win the game. So when the next guy came in, Jeremiah Estrada. Uh, he he was one of our more lights out bullpen bullpen arms, and I think he went all the way to the eighth. I think, and I I didn't realize because I was doing my shoulder work. I came I come back out like in the seventh, so two innings later, and I still look, I looked up and I said, "Oh shoot, we still got the, the no hitter going," <laughs> and I didn't say it out loud, but I was just thinking that in my head, and uh, and then ever since then it was like, "Oh my gosh, we might do this," and then. And the next pitcher came in for one out. I think he got him out. And then we brought in our guy, uh, Danny Correa, who's in the fall league right now, uh, throwing 99, 100. I said, oh, we got this in the bag. And then uh, we did it, and it, it was really cool. Yeah. I, I remember hearing about it or, like, seeing the tweet from the, the Pelicans Twitter account and was like, dude, we just we're, – we're a franchise full of combined no-hitters. Like, that's, oh, yeah. like, that's what there, I was There's, saying. like, all three, three or four of them. Right. Yeah, I think didn't Iowa didn't Iowa have one this year? I think too, so, Joe. Yeah. I, I think, think so. South Bend had one too, right? <clears throat> South Bend, uh, I think South Bend had one. Yeah, like I feel like our like every team except for uh, Tennessee had one. I uh, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> the, and this kind of just goes back to what I was saying about how like I don't I for you know for the longest time I really wasn't following closely to the Cubs minor league system. I heard of a few guys obviously Brennan Davis has been one that's been talked about a lot over the last couple years but I think with the pandemic being last year and no minor leaguers playing I think the Cubs system has just kind of jumped to this to this spot now out of nowhere because of there not being a you know a season last year and you know 
like you you said, you know, it gave you a chance to just work out a ton and it, it apparently it helped you get better, you know. Um, obviously you did more than that, but like it's it's uh it's it's a very refreshing thing that to see that the Cubs have a lot of upcoming talent, especially in the pitching race, because it's always been something talked about that the Cubs haven't really had. So um that has to make you feel like, you know, you can you can be one of those those next uh those next homegrown pitchers out of this out of the system that the Cubs have 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 uh you know developed. Oh for sure. Uh Cubs got a lot of young guys, especially hitters. They got yeah. a ton of young guys that are that are gonna break out next season and it, it'll be it'll be really cool to watch. I'm excited to watch them and follow them. So I think the Cubs are gonna be great. Uh we got a lot of we got a lot of great young talent too. Uh just be patient. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for some of us, it's kind of hard to do that after the last seven years, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. I, I get it from, from a standpoint. I do. Um, Scott from Iowa, he's a guy who's always in our streams. He he has a question for you, DJ. He says, Hey DJ, being from the South, which restaurant in Des Moines has the best barbecue, by the way, the best deli is B and B grocery in Delhi. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to hope that you know what that means, bro. South. I've never even been in Des Moines. I, I thought that was in Iowa, but you're from the. That's where the. Maybe. Is he saying. Is, is Scott saying Des, that? Yeah, for, I'm from, yeah, I'm from North Carolina. Yeah, we'll that's see, what I, mean, I thought. Des Moines, too, Des Moines right? is where. Des Moines is. Is that is not where the Iowa team, comes right? from? Yeah, that's where the Iowa comes right. are. But I was like so confused on by the question, but I wanted to just throw it out there and see if anyone understood what it meant because <laughs> i, I <laughs> maybe we can get um, some clarification clarif yeah. you're from you you're from the south though like what's no, the, yeah what's, uh, the, what's the best food though the best, best barbecue best barbecue place here uh in Fayetteville i'd probably say is probably barbecue hut uh there's like there was one right beside my high school so we would go to that a lot um if you ever wanted barbecue and and that stuff was pretty good I've yeah, barbecue. I was, actually, I was actually in Fayetteville a couple months ago for my day job. Um, pretty sweet place. Did you ever consider or think about going to University of Arkansas one day, or was uh, you know? Oh, I'm talking about Fayetteville, North mind? Carolina. Fayetteville, North Carolina. North Carolina. Ah, shit. Yeah, you said North Carolina. <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up now. Joe, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, we mentioned South Bend earlier. You got to finish your your last three starts of the season were in South Bend. So what 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 is that? kind of jump like is did they kind of come up to you be like hey you're going to south bend for the last three games or for your last three starts or is it something you knew was coming uh i i, I didn't really know but i kind of had a feeling like, like i could get a chance to go up to south bend and uh be able to prove that i could do the same stuff mm -hmm. in myrtle up there in south bend and uh i remember uh skip uh buddy buddy bailey uh Called me in his office and said, "Hey, you're gonna go up to South Bend." Uh, he said, "Trust me. All you do, all you need to do is throw strikes, and the dudes aren't gonna touch your ball." So, mm -hmm. and I just that then I the very next day we got called or went up to South Bend and um and we did the same stuff we did in Myrtle up there and it was it was it was it was a lot of fun. South Bend was fun. It was the stadium is beautiful. Mm -hmm. The weather's yeah. beautiful, and they get a lot of fans. So. It was a very, it was a very cool environment up there in South Bend, and I'm very cool. Like Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. So, did they tell you after one of your start days, or did they tell you right before your next start day? Uh, so I, I was going on Saturdays. I was going on Saturdays for like four weeks in a row, and then I think I threw my last Saturday game against Columbia right before uh, the last month of the minor league season. And then we played a game Tuesday. And then, yeah, after the game Tuesday, the, the series, series opener, uh, they told they told me, me and two other guys that were going to go up to South Bend. So cool. I got to travel with Bailey Reed and uh, Jaramillo, Gabriel Jaramillo. So, yeah, it was, cool. that, that's how it went down. Cool. And then – just my next question. So <clears throat> what is it like throwing to a bunch of different catchers? Have you been able – are you a guy that's kind of gotten into a groove with one catcher or are you just – you know, whoever's back there is back there. It doesn't matter. 
uh, it's, it's whoever's back there's back there because it always changes. Like I, I was throwing one time with Hearn, then one time with Pablo Aliendo, then Hearn, then Pena, then Pablo Aliendo, Aliendo, and it just kept switching. So you never have like one stick catcher, but me and me and Pablo probably caught throughout the whole season together. So uh, me and him actually started getting really good rhythm halfway to the end of the season, and he he could. He knew what pitches I wanted. He knew what pitches I was confident in that day, and uh, he knew how I pitched, and I knew how he catched. And we pretty we we gelled pretty good, me and uh, Pablo. And I knew he was going to give me his hardest, and I was going to give him his hardest. So it was it was a good connection. Cool. Yeah. I uh, started asking earlier, and then I didn't want to interrupt anyone, but I'm I'm actually uh, pretty decent friends with Max Bain out there in South Bend. Um, yeah. He's I he's someone that I like really love to cheer for because he was like an independent ball and like mm -hmm. he's a little bit older than most guys in South Bend. Like mm -hmm. what 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 is when you got to South Bend, what was it like getting to meet him and and like uh you know see his experience? Cause obviously it was a lot tougher for him to, to even just get to you know that level. Oh yeah, it it was it was it was awesome. You know, my me and Max knew each other a little bit through before spring training. Uh we text a little bit. Um and stuff, but when we got to South Bend, we uh, we were just going over. He was out here. I was asking him about because he was there the whole season. So I was asking him. I was like, "Hey, wh what's the like, what's the biggest thing with these hitters that you got to do to get outs?" And he would give me his opinions. And uh, and he's very intelligent on the game. He knows a lot about all the technical and like the geeky stuff so it, it's cool to his brain yeah. and um because he knows a lot and I, I can learn from it so i try to learn as much as i can and i'll uh just chop it up with him every now and then but bane bane's awesome and i love watching him pitch too he he brings like this mentality and like it's like a bulldog attitude so it, it it's really cool yeah no he, he's, watch him he's pitch. just uh, he's uh like, again, he's just a really easy pitcher to, to cheer for because he, I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. He didn't, you know, he didn't go on draft or he didn't, you know, get drafted right away and or anything like that. So it was, uh, I don't know, it's just the, it's really easy for, for guys like that for me to at least cheer for. So, um, oh, yeah. I was just curious because he's a little bit older, but, um, no, yeah, he's really cool. He's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, Here's a here's a here's a little bit of a different one. Uh, but what's uh what what do you usually eat before before start? Dang, it's a good one. I actually had a routine with what I was eating. I was trying to figure it out to like get like the right stuff so I could like. And I every morning I would like try to treat like give me some good. So it wasn't the best now that I've like talked to my nutritionist and stuff. But I would always <laughs> in the morning go to Waffle House. <laughs> and uh, I would uh, get the all-star with just like regular pancakes. I would only eat half of it because I didn't want to eat too much going into it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I would always eat all the bacon and the eggs. And I, I wouldn't touch the hash browns. But I would always get Waffle House in the mornings, like at 9 o'clock in the morning. And then right before, like, we would travel on the bus if we were on the way or if we were home, I would drive just to it before I head to the field. I would always get tropical smoothie. Have y'all ever heard that? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I haven't. No. Yeah, there's one. There's one right by where I live. It's like <laughs> really. Yeah, they're, it's really good. They make some awesome smoothies. So I would always get an Aussie Berry Boost, and I would get a, a chicken bacon ranch uh, kind of wrap, and I would only eat like half of it, so it's not too much. But I was always drink the smoothie, and that was what I got every day before I pitched. Mm -hmm. So. Nice. Yes. Speaking yeah. of speaking of routines, I'm starting. So I I played Division three baseball. Didn't do a lot of playing. I was a catcher, so I was mostly a bullpen catcher. Mm -hmm. So through those four years, I saw a just a ton of different starting pitcher routines, even relief pitchers. Funny thing is, <laughs> we went golfing. We had a bunch of old teammates go golfing, and one of the pitchers who probably took him 45 minutes to warm up, he's still before a golfing doing his little bands and all that stuff, and it's. So what is your, your routine on the start day once you get to the field at least? Uh, so I, routines always change, but right now mine has been like usually two hours before the game, I'll go ahead, uh, do like some static stretching, like where I'm like on the ground, 
uh, stretching out. Um, and then after that, I'll go and uh, I'll wrap my arm up in some with some heat around the elbow and the shoulder just to get it get it going, get it warm. And after that, I will get a stretch uh, by my trainer. Then uh, I usually go out and do some dynamic stretches, so get the body, the uh, heart rate up, and get like some sweat going. And then after that, I'm hitting bands, I'm hitting my shoulder tube, and then I'm warming up on the warming up to get ready for the game, uh, throwing wise. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's what With, it's been uh, like part of the season. How many pitches do you like to throw before a game? Is it is it more of a feel thing or? Are there certain boxes you want to check? You're like, I want to make sure I'm hitting this spot, this spot with this pitch, this pitch, or you're 15 pitches, two of this, two of that, two of this, and you're good to go. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm kind of weird when it comes to like pitches before the game because I'm a type of guy that's like slowest in the first inning. Uh, then I'm creeping up, creeping up, and by the like the fourth innings when I'm hitting my Mac, like my fastest velo, when most people are coming out the gate. With their hottest, with their highest stuff, and I'm I'm someone that gradually goes up. So if I need to throw at least some long toss, uh, throw a lot of I, I like to rip a lot of pull downs. So I'll rip like 10, 12 pull downs, okay. and I'm and then on the mound I'm throwing at least like twenty eight to thirty before the game. But okay. if I don't do that stuff, I'll come out like ninety, ninety one. And but if I do all that stuff, I'll come out like ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, and then I'll be hitting my top i'll be stick, sticking up there at the top cool yeah. that's uh that's really interesting how uh you know just like all the process of just getting ready for the game oh yeah you, to me it, and of course i didn't i didn't i didn't even play d3 baseball like joe did but you know like you know to me it's like when i go to the gym every day it's like all right do a couple stretches, maybe warm up on the treadmill, do five, 10 minutes, put the incline all the way up, whatever. And then I'm ready to go. And just everything that you just kind of put into to put out there to say, like, just to, before you even get to the mound, I think that shows how much uh, it really takes to even be ready to go out there and, and, and throw. And I feel like a lot of casual fans don't even realize that. Oh yeah. No, nah, it, it, it always changes, and everybody's different. Some people get ready like an hour before the game. Some people mm-hmm. get ready an hour and a half, two hours. It, everybody's different. Uh, but, yeah, and music plays a big part of getting, getting my mind right. Well, what are you listening to? Like, what, what, what's the, what's the I'm kind, I'm, music? It's just whatever the mood is on the day. So it's like some days I, I'll be bumping country music before the pregame, and then the next day or some days it'll just be like vibe, like R&B. And then some okay. days it's just like hype rap music. And, uh, <laughs> but I usually like, so like when I first get to the field, it's like more chill music. And then when I'm usually more closer to the game, it's, it's hot, it's like hype rap music. Wow. Okay. I like that. There's a little bit of everything. I like that. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> Joe, you got any more questions, man? No, that's all I got. I mean, really appreciate you hopping on with us. It's been awesome. Oh, yeah. I appreciate this. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I, I got one more, and it has nothing to do with baseball, but it's just because I really love Chipotle. Please tell me you like Chipotle. Oh, yeah, I love Chipotle. Okay. I, I would get it the it. day before I pitch, and if I didn't, I would kind of feel like my superstitions were off. <laughs> that's, I, that's that's my guy right there. Um, I was just going to ask you, though, like what's your go-to? Like what do you what do you put on it? What Do you do you get the bowl? Do you get the burrito? Do you get the tacos? Get the I'm a pretty picky eater, and uh, – so I don't get too much on it, but I'm a bowl. I like I don't I like the bowl. I don't like burritos, uh, but I get the white rice. I get um, black beans. Okay. I get uh, chicken. Then I'll throw uh, some queso on top, and then throw some cheese on top. Shredded cheese. Okay. And that's my that's my meal right there. Okay, we were the same until you got to the queso. I'm just not a big fan of the queso. I, I, I like I like any type of queso, so it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I do, too. I mean, I'll eat it. Like, I'll mm-hmm. eat it. It's just not – like, when I think of, like, my favorite quesos, it's it's not Chipotle. Have, yeah. you, ever, have you ever been to Qdoba? I went there once sure when I was in uh, – what were we in? I think we were in Beloit. Their queso. Okay. They're, okay. They're, they the rest of queso too. The queso, right. Everything else yeah. there probably really doesn't compare to Chipotle, but the queso was really good. Yeah, yeah. I remember I got yeah. queso with the chips at Qdoba. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Was, oh, okay. That queso was really good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and, uh, I guess, and uh, we love talking about food with the players. At least I do, because I'm always interested in like what they're like, how are they building their bodies? Because what the fuck did I do wrong? Um, <laughs> but, but you know, when uh, you know, what's the What's your everyday meal anyway? If not even on a game day, just like like your favorite foods that just kind of, you know, ones that you can go to all the time. One that I could probably go to all the time. I, I've had it every day since I – or, well, when I was home – well, I was home through like middle school and up every single day I could have a peanut butter jelly sandwich. It's simple. Every single day. <laughs> it must TV. be nice too. Being, being you, put back. The, you, put the, you put the peanut butter on one slice and jelly on the other, or do you put yeah. peanut butter on both and then jelly on both at the same nah, time? Nah, peanut no, butter on okay. one of them and then right. jelly on the other one, and then come together. Right. That's the right move. I actually made a ways. I made a triple stacker in uh in Beloit. <laughs> in Beloit, okay. In Beloit, I made a triple stacker. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta fill yourself up somehow. Oh yeah, it was. I couldn't get food before the game, so I. I had to, I had to eat somehow, and I was hungry. You know, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, one question that kind of sparks in my mind: the the news that came out Sunday about the MLB organizations now will be paying for minor leaguers' housing. I, I'm not. I mean, you like like we mentioned before, you've only had one full season, but is that going like is that going to be a big difference for you going forward? Where you're not going to have to worry about housing, hopefully at least. Oh yeah, for sure. That that's huge uh just going into myrtle it was covid was finally like going away for a little bit and myrtle's a super big tourist spot for a lot of people and uh when we we were going in right when like it was heading into summer so it was it it was a grind to find a place and i, I remember a teammate's dad found us a place but we couldn't find nothing everything was six months to 12 months so we couldn't get nothing month to month so I'm, we're some people are still paying for their their place right now uh, but it, it, it was, it was really tough and you couldn't find no furnished places. So you would have to buy your own, but we luckily got cl- got lucky with one, uh, furnished place. So, but yeah, the, it'll be huge now that they can, uh, they'll, they'll be able to provide that for us. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> oh yeah. Is, uh, is, you know, it's always, it's been a very big top topic on, you know, just in minor league baseball in general of, you know, not really. I guess getting the resources to be able to just live comfortably and not even with just like the housing, but you know, like what, was there any struggles with that this past year uh, in terms of just, uh, you know, <laughs> finding like not, not necessarily just finding a place to live, but just like, you know, I know I've, I've heard of guys brooming with like three or four other guys in one place, stuff like that. Like what was, what, what, what did you do? Did you, did you, did you live with if you, if you did uh, something? My my situation wasn't wasn't too bad, but I've heard some people uh, did like have to room with like four guys in one room. Um, I, I I could see where it, it would get really difficult if you're like moving up and down like every week, like someone go up to be a filler for somewhere and then come back down and then going back. But I could see how that that was like really difficult. But uh, for me, I, we just had like a four bedroom furnished apartment. Uh, it was the only downfall was it was 25 minutes from the field. Uh, but I, I have my car and everything. And but um, I roomed with Sam Thorson, uh, Didier Vargas, uh, Jake Rondwin. Those three roommates. By the time I was at the end of the season, they weren't even there no more. So I had three new roommates, which was uh, Tyler Slayford, Owen Casey, and uh, Porter Hodge. And so I I didn't have too bad of a time with the the living situations. Uh, the hotels were were nice, and my my apartment was was not too bad. So. I, I didn't have too bad of a problem. Okay. Well, that's but good. I think I people mean, that, I, I, that I, we're in some difficult situations. For sure. Yeah. No. For sure. You mentioned Owen Casey. Uh, is he? Is the hype on him real, man? Is, is he's is, a real is, deal? Is, is this guy going to be the real he, deal? He was one of the guys I was talking about. We got a lot of young talent. Uh, that, <laughs> that dude's eyes are ridiculous. Like, for for a nineteen year old to be able to sit on balls that he would sit on and just take. And then the power that he had hit Myrtle Beach does him no justice because that field is a graveyard. So not a lot of balls get hit out. 
And like I think the first day he got there, if we were playing at any other field, he would have had two or three bombs that in that first game. So, but that guy, he's the real deal. So maybe that makes hearing that uh, Myrtle Beach's field is a graveyard that makes Ed Howard's homer off the scoreboard a little more impressive. Oh yeah, that that's super impressive. That was one of the <laughs> balls. If you if you get it out and from the bleachers to the center field, it was it was hit hard. And hearing that, maybe that might make you want to stay in Myrtle Beach a little longer. But we want to see your, <laughs> yeah, we, sure. we want to see a rise through the ranks. Myrtle Beach was fun to Myrtle Beach was fun to pitch at. Yeah, we we want to see a rise through the ranks. And I know I'm sure you've heard plenty of stories about the wind blowing out at Wrigley, but we oh, yeah. we'd, still, we'd still love you see, to see you there. I shagged that one time in Wrigley, and I mean that was just batting practice, and balls were just going f- farther than I've ever seen. And I was mm-hmm. like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, what was there a ballpark in the, you know, in in the minors this year that sticks out to you as one of your favorites outside of Myr- Myrtle Beach or South Bend? Hmm. Uh, the very first series, Charleston. I like how much fans were there. They they did a lot of uh, what's the word, uh, heckling, and they, wow. that was pretty funny. So that was my like first introduction to like heckling and stuff. So I was I was having a good time there. But probably the nicest field. Was probably Southman. I think Southman yeah. Field was sick. Um, Dude, I still have never been there, and it's not even that far from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 no, it's not. We, I've been there. We, we've been like uh, here at Cubs on Tap. We've we've in our Slack channel. We've been talking about going to South Bend. Mm-hmm. We talked about it all season, but we just could never find time for all four of us to go. And uh, so I think next year is going to be the year that we definitely find some time to to head out there. We'll have to let you know ahead of time. And uh, oh, for sure. maybe we go see, come see a start if you're there. Oh, at yeah. least. If, if you're not Quad there, City. I hope you're in Tennessee, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Quad Cities was another really cool field. They had a big Ferris wheel in left field and then the river in right field. That field was that field was pretty sick. Nice. So, yeah, I've, yeah, I've never been out there. I did have a friend uh, I knew uh, I used to work with. He, uh, he interned at Quad Cities, and uh, he said he, he really loved that place, too. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, man. Well, uh, anything else, Joe? I, I, I think we've asked all the hard hitting yeah. questions. I hope we didn't, yeah. give, we didn't give it too much of a hard time, DJ. Oh no, we're we're good. This is fun. Yeah, and we'll, we'll let you, yeah, we'll either let you get back to playing video games or going to bed so you can wake up and play nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, y'all. Uh, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, DJ. I appreciate you again, um, and uh, good luck next season. Thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll keep in touch. Because I wasn't lying. If we come to South Bend next year, we'll let you know. We'd love to come see you make a start, man. For sure, awesome. Just let me know, and I, I can get y'all free tickets and stuff. So just let me know. Hell yeah, he said <laughs> it. We have it on tape. We can't forget. That. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you take care, I man, it. and uh, Thank y'all. good luck the rest of the off season, man. Yes, Thank, you. Thank you. See y'all. Bye. <laughs> this guy, he's he's a cool guy, right? Yeah, he was. Yes. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy to forget. I mean, he's only 20 years old, man. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Here, and it's, I mean, he was only in high school two years ago. It, the one thing that really jumps out at me is the jump from seven innings to nine innings from high school, like to even college where we play nine innings. He, he is totally right about those eighth and ninth innings. They add an extra hour to the game, and you're like, "Where? Did, what is happening?" There was one game we were playing. A, I think we so we had to we were playing a doubleheader. I think we were at the field for almost nine hours, just insane stuff. And I mean, I can't even imagine that. I mean, we and we don't get there near as early as they as you know professionals do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he uh he seemed pretty mature for a twenty year old, right? Too. Like. I could tell he was a little nervous with some of his like answers and stuff. Just like I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the kid's still growing and you know, all I got to say, Joe, is this was a hell of a start to the off season for Cubs to get the Cubs minor league pitcher of the year uh, to kick off the off season, man. So I'm really excited about what we got coming up in the rest of the off season uh, as far as uh, guests and, you know, obviously free agency and trades and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about, man. Uh, but this was a this was a fun one. Yes, it was. I mean, I, I, like I'm, I I tweeted this out. I, today is my birthday. I mean, this is 
Oh, happy birthday, by the way. I, I knew you. this, and I completely forgot to even start it off. You, the you, show, you unintentionally delivered with a great gift. I mean, this, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you're welcome. And uh, I wish Ron could have been here to do this mm -hmm. with us, as well as Juice. Um, but, uh, you know, we again, we have a lot more guests coming up. We got a big one in the next one. I just don't have a date for it yet, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to reveal who it is yet. But um, it's, a, it's another big one as well. So everyone listening via podcast form or if you've been in the stream uh stay tuned for that but uh are you, joe are you ready for my best ron loose impression i've tried it before and i know you're better at better at it than i am but man go <laughs> all right go ahead, on tap, comes on tap <laughs> is brought to you by oddsapsportsnet.com head on over there get all your chicago sports needs uh and uh you can follow me on twitter at cody on tap and joe at joe on tap uh, you can follow Cubs on tap at Cubbies on tap on Twitter and Instagram. One of my goals this offseason is to start utilizing our Instagram again. I started it in the big towards the beginning of last season and I uh it fell off because I got super busy with my day job and sh shit. But I'm gonna try and be a lot more consistent with it now, uh, especially in the offseason. So uh, go follow us there. All uh, obviously here on Twitter at Cubbies on tap and on Instagram at Cubbies on tap. Uh, you can follow on tap sportsnet at on tap sportsnet um on twitter facebook youtube i think that covers the main three i think they're on tiktok too um but uh yeah man i think that was my best ron loose impression ron let me know how i did uh <laughs> i don't know uh what else to say but uh i appreciate you joining us tonight thanks to everyone listening if you listen to the podcast make sure you leave us a five-star review uh leave a and uh leave a you know, five-star rating and review. There you go. I would confuse myself. Um, do all that. Uh, let us know what you think of the interview with DJ. And uh, yeah, man, I don't have anything else. So uh, we going to get out of here with the, the old classic uh, Go Cubs. Let's do it. Go Cubbies. Let's do it.